Hi and welcome to Sweetman Podcast. This is Simon Sweetman and this is episode 30. Uh, this is a special episode and um, and tried to rip this one out as quickly as we could. Um, just the other day I sat down and talked with Matt Vickers. He's, uh, he's an author, a first time author, but um, you probably know that name because of the story behind his book. Um, Matt's wife was Lucretia Seals. She she died of a brain tumour last year, 2015, and she was a lawyer. And she was, at the time of her death, fighting to change the law in New Zealand around assisted dying and was unsuccessful. So the um, right to choice was, was what she and Matt became campaigners for. And Matt is continuing that, that fight, that cause, uh, and he's written an incredible book called Lucretia's Choice, um, which tells not only that story, but their story, their, their love story. There's a beautiful love story that is the thread to the book. Um, so I sat down and talked to Matt. Um, now, I, I know Matt. I met him sort of 20 years ago when we were around the same age and we were university students and we didn't uh, know each other well. We didn't go to the same university, but friends of friends kind of thing. So... Over the years, he and I have communicated a few times. We've met, we've we've hung out a couple of times, and we and we reference that. Um, I wanted to say that at the start, just because um, we we allude to some familiarity at certain points. But but I never knew Lucretia. I only know her through Matt's story. Um, he paints a, a, a incredible picture of her. His his book, if if nothing else, is uh, such a wonderful tribute to her and to. Um, to the idea of marriage and partnership and, and uh, I, I think I say to him in this podcast um, he, he is a, a model human being and a model husband and he's sort of teaching us all how we could go about being better people and better partners so it's quite a deep chat I think um, I hope and uh, and I was I feel very um, you know I consider him to be a, a, really a hero so it was it was quite an incredible opportunity to sit down and have a chat with him uh, on what is sort of a bittersweet time for him. He's doing a publicity tour for a book. He wants to sell copies of this book um, to further the, the cause, essentially. You know, it's, it's not about him, um, and it's not about him creating a writing career or anything like that. He, he goes back to his job in a, in, a, in a couple of weeks. But he does want to get this book out there into the world, and it seems to have taken off um, in its early stages, and I, and I hope that story continues. And I hope that you, if you listen to this, right through if you haven't read the book already or if you haven't started it please um i'll include a link to my review of the book the book is is just i found it impossible to put down i I read it's one of the quickest um you know for me it was i just i just devoured the book it's 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 probably the quickest i've read a a, a relatively large book i just couldn't put it down and read it in a couple of sittings um so this is me talking with with Matt Vickers, we're talking about his life, um, what he's going to do next, what he what he what he's been doing, and 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 the real um, topic here is, is is the writing of the book and 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 the life of of, of Lucretia, the love of his life, and um, and by his account, uh, a really incredible human being. So, this is me talking with Matt Vickers. Where we're at right now, which is you've released your first book, but your first book is something um, it strikes me this is a bit different for you than probably most authors because for a start, for most first time authors, people have 
um, probably heard of you already or they've certainly heard about your book. Yeah, well, I, um, I did a master's in creative writing um, back in 2003 uh, and I, I did a novella as part of that and uh, it wasn't really publishable. Yeah. And uh, I guess I, I still thought that I was going to write a book at some point and Lucretia was really supportive of that idea that I would write something but in the end you know uh, I got busy uh, I took a job and um, you know that that was that was my career and stuff and so um, this was definitely not the first book I expected to write yeah yeah and I thought yeah I, I thought that uh, I would write something else but in a way I think the book that I've written is more important than anything I could have come up with um, in any other respect so uh, you know, it, sure. it's 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 kind of uh, a, a bittersweet thing, I suppose. Um, but I'm, you know, really glad that I've written it and, and really proud of the end result. Um, but well, you, you know, I don't know if it's the first book I would have written if I'd had the choice. Yeah, of course. But you managed to do this thing with it. I, I you know, I think what I what I was what I've been trying to understand while I was reading it and, and writing something about it is that you've, um, you know. If it if it hadn't been a very well written book, yet technically well written, that would not have mattered at all because you were putting across an important story, um, and you uh, have very wonderfully, you know, paid tribute um, to Lucretia, kept her alive in some some sense, um, kept um, what people know about her that never that never knew her alive certainly, um, but. It's a very fine piece of writing, which, which, um, oh, thank you. You know, it's. I, I sort of feel like. Well, I sort of feel like, if you've got a good story, then that's that's all that matters. And if you're a really good writer, that's sometimes all that matters. And if you can find the, I guess what anyone's trying to do is find the common ground, right? Like have have a story people want to read and have the skills to be able to tell it. Um, yeah, you you perhaps didn't know that you had either until they came to get. Maybe that's true of everyone, but. Yeah, well, I think I think stylistically, um, it was important that I that that I, wa- I wanted to write a book that people would read and uh, that it was accessible and that um, uh, you know was something that you know was was available to the general reader and mm. and so on. Um, but yeah, I I mean I I I did try and include a few uh, writerly flourishes for sure. Yeah, um, but. Uh, yeah, I, I, I hope. Uh, I mean, there was a temptation to probably take it into a, quite a literary direction, uh, and whether I was capable of that, I don't know. But I think um, the end result is a is a good mix of, I guess, um, a straightforward narrative and uh, you know, quite. You know, there's some there's some bits in there that I'm you know particularly proud of, and yeah. I think it's I think the balance is right, and I think that. Um, yeah, I think people will enjoy reading it, and the writing doesn't get in the way of the story, which is which is good. No, it really propels it. You know, it really. Well, I guess I guess um, it, I felt that it really propelled the story. It was, it's a compelling story. It was something I was interested in straight away, and I, I sort of I felt like, and this doesn't always happen. When I when I spotted the writing, it was only in a good way, rather than you know sometimes you can get held held up by 
as you say, rightly flourishes sometimes. Yeah. People can go, oh, you know, why did they do, why did they do that? They're trying a bit hard there. It was the opposite. I felt those were these wonderful, evocative phrases, um, and I guess sort of further humanised it and provided um, maybe some soft humour and and just some sort of clarity. And I think. Um, you know, I guess you said in your talk at Unity that one of the sort of points of the book, I guess, is to provide a larger context around um, what happened. Yeah. And, yeah. What, and what's what's got what you're you know what you're looking for now on behalf of Lucretia in terms of um, following through with the work that she started. Yeah. Well, I mean, when last year when uh, she passed away. Um, you know, people only really got to know her from the point that she decided that she would take the case mm. um, to to the point that she passed away. And, you know, that for, for most people, I guess, the, the most famous or the most um, well-known thing about my wife is, is the fact that she died and the fact that she died trying to um, fight this case in the courtroom. But you know, my wife was 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 much more than that. I mean, she was an mm. incredible human being. She had devoted her life to to law reform. Um, had worked at the law commission. Had worked at Chen Palmer. Um, she'd worked at the Depri- Department of Prime Minister and Cabinet for for John Key as his Justice Advisor for a short period. Mm. Um, and you know, she she'd done all this work. And but also, you know, we'd had a, a fantastic marriage and and wonderful times together. And I. I guess that the, the reason that I wanted to write the book was to give people an appreciation of who she was over and above, you know, just that case because she was much more than just that case. She was yeah, who's she, not just who she's become. To yeah, people. yeah, yeah. She 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 was she was an incredible human being, and um, I just I just wanted to be able to share that with people so that they could. Um, appreciate her for, for for more than just for, for more than just that you know that those final moments of her life and um you know I, I hope the books achieve that and I hope that um you know it gets it gets people um able to to, to know who Lucretia was over and above mm. you know the work that she did and um yeah if, if if it helps do that then you know then I'm then I'm happy with it I'm yeah happy with it. I feel it's it's successful yeah. you um Mentioned you've mentioned before at least once that you you wondered if she w- would have wanted a book or yeah, you, th- well, you think was... she she wouldn't have wanted you to, to write a book. <laughs> well, she I, she always wanted me to write a book. I don't. I don't yeah, know this if, one. I mean, yeah, 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 I don't know if she wanted me to write this one. Yeah. I mean, she was yeah. she was a tremendously private person, and that's why, in a way, when she decided to do this, you know, it was a huge surprise. It was a surprise to me. It was a surprise to to everyone that knew her, that she was, that she felt so strongly about it, that she was willing to put herself out there. And it was kind of a complete reverse in, in, in the way that she'd conducted her life up until that point, because, um, you know, she, she, she really revered her privacy and she was, she, she, uh, you know, she, she, she was the sort of person, if you was, if she was sitting here, um, you know, she would answer, answer the questions that you, that you gave her just, in a very um, taciturn and um, uh, you know a quite quite reserved kind of a way, you really mm. needed to dig to get to know her. Mm. Um, but then when she just flipped around and and decided that she would go public with everything that she wanted to to say and was willing to share so much of her life in order to 
to, to achieve some sort of change, to achieve to achieve the court ruling that she wanted to achieve. Um, it was just un- so so unexpected, but um, it's just incredibly brave and yeah. yeah, amazing really. I couldn't. I mean, um, I don't know if it's because um, you know I I know you and I knew you before I saw you on the telly talking about this, right? Yeah. But I don't know if it's because of that, um, but. I, I I feel like other readers will have this thing too, where reading it was uh, reading the book was um, quite a, t- a test of a mix of emotions coming through. And one of the things I kept doing was trying to imagine, probably more so than I've done certainly in a long time anyway with a book, the different mindsets that you would have gone through writing it. So. I'm thinking, like, did it play on your mind in actually writing it? This, she would have never wanted me to do this. <laughs> or, because I can see, when it, particularly when it start, when the book starts with you basically explaining the start of your relationship, it starts, this is no spoiler alert, I think it starts with how you guys meet. Yep. And it essentially tells your courtship. Yeah. Um, and I thought, for example, I'm reading this going, this must have been, um, obviously the whole thing bittersweet, but this must have been a really lovely thing for you to be able to put together, a, a way of contextualising some memories, um, written in the shadow of immediate grief, obviously. So, Yeah, I mean, I suppose writing it was a... A, a reconciliation and a way of working through grief. Um, you know, we had we had uh, thirteen, four, sorry, twelve wonderful years together, and um, and and immediately after she passed away, you know, I was afraid. I was afraid of. I was afraid of um, losing memory of 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 the relationship that we had. And you know, even even in those moments, um, immediately after she passed, you know, you, you you get the sense that suddenly there isn't this person around to um, what's the word, rekindle or 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 um, uh, you know, stoke the 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 memory of them. And you know, you, the the memories that you have of a person once they pass is, is that's all you've got left. I mean. So, so writing the book was a way of trying to capture some of that, trying to capture some of the essence of who she was, and also um, to try and reconcile what she did um, and, 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 our, and our time together, and bring it bring it into some kind of a story. Um, and to, I mean, it's 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 not a hagiography. Hey I mean, I, I'm not I'm not trying to paint her as a as a perfect person. Um, uh, and certainly not myself as a perfect person, um, but uh, I just wanted to capture some of the truth of what w- w- the life that we had together, so that there was this relic or artifact mm. of, of 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 everything that that I could hang on to. Yeah. Um, and hopefully, I've done that. You, you have, but um, I think like every review that comes out is helpful particularly in the case of a book like this in terms of just 
getting it under people's noses, telling them it exists. But again, I thought I thought before I even tried to write a review of it myself or read any other ones, I thought, um, you know, what will you think reading reviews of this book that criticise you in any way, either your character that you put across or the writing? Um, are you able to go, well, you know, that's allowed, <laughs> you know, because of course it is, people are allowed to do that, but how it feels like that would be tougher than it would be for a lot of writers to... Yeah, well, it is personal, right? I mean... It just seems so much more personal than... I, I, I mean, I, I tried to create a book that, that had the ring of truth, and the way that I tried to achieve that by, was by telling the truth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, everything in there is, 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 is unvarnished and... Um, you know, honest, and uh, if 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 people don't like it or don't like me uh, or the way that the character of me in the book or the character of Lucretia in the book, then then you know, in all truth, they don't like me or they don't like Lucretia. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it is personal, and uh, yeah, I, I. But but hey, I mean, you can't please everyone, and. Um, I don't know. I think um, I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, how how reviews go. I mean, if if it does get reviewed and um, what people have to say, I, I think it would be hard to criticize either her or I for for the things that we did or, or the choices yeah, that yeah. we made. I mean, yeah. they, they were just human choices, um, you know criticizing the writing I suppose is valid um criticizing the way I've written the book is valid um but uh yeah I, I don't know yeah yeah it, I just as I say I just kept thinking the whole time reading the book I kept thinking of these these things that must have been both um uh encouragement for you to carry on some sort of motivation but then also like a um because again pretty much every writer has this anyway right like why am I doing this and sh- is this the right thing to be doing and should I carry on with this and just as every writer I, th- I think or pretty much every writer that fashions themselves in any sense as a writer imagines the day they write a book and the, the book launch and the publicity trail and those things are are part of it but that's another whole world that you are now hmm. in some sense probably more prepared for than a lot of first-time authors, hmm. uh, public speaking-wise and people recognising you and asking questions of you, absolutely. Hmm. Um, but still, <laughs> do, you, do you worry about, like, privacy-wise, what's going to be left of you? <laughs> uh, well, I've, I've kind of uh, got some insurance, I suppose, because, I mean, I've moved to New York. Mm. No, one, no one knows who I am over there. <laughs> and... Um, uh, being in New York, I've been able to reclaim a bit of privacy and stuff, mm, and mm. I've been able to sort of sequester um, this stuff and, and keep it sort of in a, in a New Zealand context, and go and reclaim a, a private life over in over in the USA. Um, it was interesting what you were saying before about the process, and, and you know, should I keep going, etc. I kind of tied myself to the mast of it because um, the first thing that was done was I wrote a proposal. Um, I wrote a proposal back in 
must have been October, November last year, and sent it out to publishers before I'd even written a word, and had a contract, um, you know, fairly fairly quickly, which was good. Um, so there was no way I couldn't I couldn't follow through on that. Um, the you know there was a commitment to get the book done. I what? think. And, why um, did you do it that way? I mean, that, yeah, why did you? Why did you? Was that like your own sort of feasibility study? Like, did you need someone to say, "Yes, this should exist"? Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah, like, um, I wasn't re- interested in writing it um, unless it was going to be published and unless mm. it was going to be shared with people. Mm, mm. So, um, yeah, no, I, I did write a, I did write a proposal and. I mean, it was was pretty detailed. I had chapter summaries. I had a, I had a little marketing plan. I had I had all sorts of things in there, and um, uh, yeah, it, it was well received. Uh, I got a few offers, and um, ultimately, text was the one that came through with the offer that uh, most resonated with me. And um, you know, after they after we signed a contract, it was just a matter of execution and getting mm. the book written. Mm, mm. Yeah. So the book was written quite quickly. In, yeah, it was. In, in the scheme of how someone writes a book, and you and you mentioned um, in your talk at Unity that, um, which which was very interesting to me. Again, reading it, I wondered what what has he left out in terms of it's a very full picture the book, mm-hmm. but obviously everyone writes their first and most books too long. You know, someone else comes in and tells you where the scissors need to go it's usually not the writer that yep. stops up bang on the right number of pages or the right number of words it's someone else so how much did you write and how uh, painful was it to see some things not go in there in terms of pieces of writing was it a case of you know um, your, your sort of creative writing training of murdering your darlings a little bit that expression of you know pulling pulling back the things that too many of those writerly flourishes or were there. Uh, I think well originally the book was twice as long, so mm. um, I wrote I think one hundred and forty one thousand words in the end, and I think uh, what was in there originally there was a lot of uh, political uh, speculation. Right. Uh, there was a lot of um, there was a lot of detail um, around Lucretia's working life. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lot of detail around, I think, um, more detail around her family and mine. Um, but what what the editor was able to do was to look at the story and sort of say, well, okay, here's the key story, here's the key thread. Yeah. Uh, what bits and pieces add to that, and what bits and pieces detract yeah. from that, and. Um, I got the I got the drafts back from the from the editor, um, and it was it was actually delivered to me in paper form, with all the you know the notes marked up, mm-hmm. and so I slowly had to go through and adjust the draft, um, uh, you know, and quite a quite a long and laborious process, but it was really really good because it made me really think about why he'd subtracted the things that he'd done that he had subtracted Mm. and you know I had to really think about whether what I'd originally thought was worth including was actually worth including and I think the book is stronger for having gone through that process I'm happier that the 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 version that that has been published is the version that was published um 
some of the stuff that I'd written, I mean, I, I'd probably been a little, uh, what's the word, um, uh, forthright in views, and, and, but, but I think it, it, it was tempered back a little bit um, to, to make sure that I you know, main, maintained a consistent voice and a consistent mm. tone. And um, I, th- I think the end result is, is is a lot better than if I originally published all yeah, yeah. all the stuff that that I'd written. And the the thread of it all, the love story, is the thread that just keeps. Yeah, of course it is coming yeah. th- coming through, which is uh, yeah. both important and and lovely for you, but I think also for the reader. Yeah, it, it's both of those things too. Yeah, and I think actually a lot of a lot of stuff that was taken out was actually beyond the point that Lucretia passed away. Yeah. Because um, I'd written quite a bit about, you know, the impact of what she'd, what she'd done. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the, the political campaign, how we sort of s- slid into, you know, the petition and the, the select committee inquiry and so on. Um, my views on the various positions of the political parties and, and particular MPs and so on. So... Mm. Although that stuff is really interesting, uh, it wasn't it wasn't right to include in the book. Yeah, there's this um, grace and bravery about obviously both of you, but I want to focus on her for a little bit about her in the book, and and I guess I was introduced to that. Um, I didn't know Lucretia, I never met her, but I was introduced to that really as soon as the story became public. I think like anyone that followed the story, um, hopefully that was one thing that they picked up, that this was, there was something very profound, I think, about um, the uh, acknowledgement of, you know, life wasn't going to run as long as other people's, and whatever time I've got left, I'm going to work on this for myself and and others. Um. Yeah, she's, she, she was incredible. Um, she really was. And I, I, I miss her, in, uh, you know, a huge amount. And, um, and look, I, I, I mean, our plan was to have a, a long life together, to have kids, um, to have, you know, everything that you'd expect from a marriage. And for when she got ill and uh, went through that terrible experience of getting that diagnosis, um, you know, so many people, I think, would just crumble. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And that's not to say that it didn't impact her. It did. I mean, it was a huge huge weight on her shoulders, and, um, you know, there was a lot of... uh, it was a lot of grief and, and, and despair, uh, when that diagnosis came about, but, um, ultimately she, she turned it around and she, she made the decision that she would make the most of the time that she had left and, and man, she, she packed so much in. Um, she, she stayed at her job at the law commission because that's the thing that she loved to do. She had a she had an office on the nineteenth floor of the the building and at the law commission where she had a view out of the harbour and she loved working there. You know she would just sort of sit there and and do her work and and have this this beautiful view. Um, and um, she was only actually working till about three p.m. most days um, during her illness, but she was still productive, still still doing great work. I mean she completed a a, 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 um, 
uh, a law commission report during that time and started another um and and just in our personal lives you know we traveled together um we went to all the places that she wanted to go to um even when even in even in 2015 when she was when she was dying mm. um she was planning a trip to india i mean she she was focused on the future and focused on a long life focused on um i mean i, I talk in the book about the fact that you know she was planning to be here even now to, to be at her mother's 60th um, mm. birthday party and to, assist, to see her sister have a baby. You know, um, it was it was very late in the piece that she even started to talk about um, the fact that, that she might die and, 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 and how she might want that to happen. Right. Yeah. She, 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 um, she was an exceptional human being. She really was. And um, I really, I married up, you know. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I really did, um, you know, for me to, to have someone like her in my life, I, I was tremendously privileged and, um, the, the cheekiness of pinching that chip off that plate, um, yeah, paid up, paid off. Yeah, it did. I mean, that, that would, that, I suppose that was characteristic of me, uh, at the time. Um, I never thought that that would lead to a, you know, a relationship and a marriage, but it, <laughs> but it did. And, um, yeah, um, I mean, I, I have no regrets. I mean, it's, it's interesting how there were a few points in our marriage where she would turn to me and sort of say, you know, I'm sorry I, I brought this on you. I'm sorry that, mm. I'm sorry that I, that, that I, you know, I'm, I, I mean, she even used the words dud wife, you know, I'm sorry that I'm a dud wife. I'm sorry that, that, you know, I can't give you the things that, that you deserve. And I'm like, you know, Krish, um, you are, you're everything I ever wanted. You know, you're, you, you're amazing. And, and there's no way that, that I wouldn't be here with you. And, um, yeah, it, it was, um, it was intense and, um, special and, um, yeah, I, 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 I don't regret anything. I sort of um, read the book thinking, I hope everyone who reads this book who has someone special in their life, which I assume pretty much everyone who reads that book will in one context or another, um, you know, finishes the book and gives that person a call if they're not immediately living with them and you know, off, asks them to read the book too, gives them a copy of the book, um, gives them a hug, writes them a letter or an email if they haven't. You know, those, it just, there was this sort of, um, I kept thinking about the the bond that you guys had and the way that you explained that was, uh, was obviously special, but I kept thinking, actually everyone has the, some, or lots of people have some version of this. What made it very special was that you recognised that. Mm. You know, I hope other people recognise that they they have that and can have that with people and can try to have that and, and should be trying to have that. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the interesting thing, I suppose, is that um, when, she, when she got ill, uh, you know, that was a test. And it was a test of um, our marriage. And, you know, you, you made the vow, you know, until death was part and sickness and in health. And, you know, you could see that, that things weren't going to work out the way that we planned. And, you know, some people in that situation 
might run away. Some people in that well, situation, it might be too much for them. When you're in the church or at the vineyard, that's just fine print, isn't it? You know? Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, yeah, you don't think about the you the, don't the, really the true commitment that you, you're making. You'd like to say you. Everyone would like to say yes, of course. Yeah, but it's just fine print that you gloss over. Yeah, and and you know, I made the decision. I mean, it was, it was an easy decision to. To, to stick with creation and to, and to and to be with her and I think um it even though you know the through her illness there was there was there was physical deterioration there was um mental deterioration there were all those things going on um our love I think over that time deepened and became um much more intense than it ever was um you know it, mm. it actually strengthened our marriage in a, in a strange way um, and and gave gave our union some purpose. Yeah. Um, it was it, it was it was just funny how it did that. And um, uh, ultimately, you know, in the last moments, I, I don't think we'd ever been closer in a, in a strange way. And um, and, and when um, when she did pass, you know, that, that the strength of that bond. Um, just galvanised my commitment to making sure that what she wanted to achieve would ultimately be achieved, and why I'm still doing what I'm doing, and why why I wrote the book, and so on. It's 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 all out of it's all out of love. Mm. You mentioned wanting to wanting to tell wanting to tell your story, the the story, your shared story, but also from your point of view. Mm. Um, and it, when you said that today, I thought. In some sense, you could only do that if someone else had told parts of your story first, like for there to be an awareness of it in the public. So I wondered what you thought, and I mean, you talk a little bit about this in the book, I guess, and mostly complimentary, but what did you think about the way your story, your shared story, was was brought out to the public? I mean, you guys have some management over that, but then all of a sudden you don't, right? Like you... you, you agree to it, but you don't get you don't get finally that you don't on the TV show you don't. Yeah, I guess um, we were when when we first started um, going public and we when, and what I say when we I mm. mean Creech dragged us into the into the spotlight. I was very reluctant. Mm. Um, I guess um, yeah, I, of course we were concerned about how we might be portrayed by the media and so on and. Um, we were very, I wouldn't say controlling, but concerned about um, just how the media would pick up and tell our story. Um, we selected the journalists that we spoke to very carefully. Um, we were we were quite, um, not well, not prescriptive, but we were quite, um, uh, what's the word, um, just uh, interested in, yeah. in how they were going to what they were going to ask us and what they were going to talk about and so on. So, yeah, it was it was quite carefully planned. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't you know, it wasn't we us just talking to the to anyone that wanted to talk to us. Sure. We 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 selected our outlets very carefully, and um, I think although you know there was some concern, probably more from me, that um, the story might go off the rails or people might paint us the wrong way, etc. Uh, I think Creech had confidence in herself because 
she was a person of such great integrity and it would just be so difficult for someone to warp the story um, away from the truth um, because because she was such a good person and and uh, I think ultimately that came through right so through her interviews and and through the the the, the interviews she gave to the press to the to, to, to print and to into into you know broadcast media you know she was just herself um, she didn't need to hide anything of herself and and she just, and, and it just came through that she was this fundamentally very very good person and I think you know after those first few media appearances probably the narrative was set right and um, there wasn't much deviation from that because people understood that that this was a very very decent human being mm. and and to take another angle to that would just would just look crass or wrong or but you also become the voice of a social media channel which is I guess a way of controlling having having more control over it that filtering um, you know you, you can include most of what's covered and you can choose to ignore some of it and so forth but then that and I've, you know relative to what I do I've had some experience with this it's a completely different thing but but that makes you that that almost becomes its own entity right that takes oh, on yeah. a life of its own yeah that was that was fascinating I mean mm. um, I mean I started writing the blog and the first few posts didn't have much you know much traction um, but and you're um, probably doing it for yourself as yeah, much as anything but obviously you want to see if it sticks with people yeah but by yeah. the by the end i mean by the end where we're we'd gone through the the hearing and we were awaiting the judgment and stuff the um the blog was kind of the primary news source mm. and it was amazing mm. to be able to write a blog post and see it reported or even printed in full yes. in a couple of cases yeah you know and the herald the next day i yeah. mean it was it was kind of phenomenal and uh i mean that that was quite a burden, I suppose, to know that the media was watching that quite intently. You can't take a day off all of a sudden. Yeah, when you've got all this other, you know, it would be very reasonable to want to take a day off from that mm. to do whatever else, you know, to, to try and be the version of yourself you've had to become. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, um, it was, it was fascinating. And, yeah, I remember, I remember, you know, at least a, a couple of those blog posts towards the end um, were just were just picked up and run, and uh, it was strange to go from a point where you were just you set up a WordPress blog and you started writing stuff to suddenly mm. you were a, a media outlet of your own in a way. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And uh, but it was gratifying to, I guess it's it's you know once you once you achieve that kind of traction to be able to get the unfiltered sort of your own voice out there and, and to know that it would find an audience um, with, without relying on the on the media to pick it up or spin it in any particular way. Um, I mean, it's tapered off now, of course. I mean, mm. I, I didn't do many blog posts after Lucretia passed away. And, you know, um, you know I, I, I'm sure it's not getting as, certainly not as much traffic as it used to, mm. but... Mm. Um, uh, yeah, it, as an artifact in itself, I, I, I'm really proud of it. And I mean, it was so cool when um, Jalissa Gracewood and Susanna Andrew picked it up. Yes. And, and put it in the Tell You What compilation. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, the non-fiction compilation. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. that in a way actually gave me the courage to, 
to actually put together the proposal and, and suggest that you know there might be a book in this. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. What's been the um, the what's been your feeling about how um, people have responded to to you? And that's the very early days of the book. But I mean, to you, to the story. Uh, I kept thinking about this again when I was reading the book. I thought, and and I'm probably um, going to be guilty of this right now. But I thought it isn't so much that we're awkward in talking around this subject. And 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 you and Lucretia have hugely helped people talk about just the subject of death um, outside of you know her illness and 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 then her passing. Um, but it isn't it isn't so much just that, but just there's no way for for us for many of us to to talk about it without what we say seeming disingenuous, feeling like a platitude. Um, I know I from the moment you stepped into the public arena, I just thought um, here's someone carrying themselves with a grace and a I guess a, a professionalism, which is not necessarily required, but if that if that word fits, a humility, a you know, a, a, um, that that is exemplary, that that if it could be taught as a course, it should be. Um, but saying that to you and sitting and saying that to you, and I know I I wanted to say it to you more than once, and I know I did write to you at least once and say. This doesn't mean a thing in the scheme of things, but everything that I'm seeing that you're doing is amazing and means something to me. I'm sure you had a lot of people say those sorts of things to you, or, or their version of that. Um, what has that? Been? I mean, that that is also very hard for you to take on some level. What does it mean, and how have you found people and people's response? Um, it, people's response has been has been good and. Um, look, I, you know, I, I don't think I've done, done anything particularly special. I've just sort of shown up and answered questions and, and, um, and, and been honest and, you know, put a suit and a tie on really. <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, that, that's it. And, um, you know, if, if, if people respond to that, then great. Um, yeah, I mean, doing that is just, it's just making sure that um, uh, when I have a chance to, to, to put some words out, um, people might listen, um, that, that, I, that I look credible um, and, and that I sound credible and, and that's it. I mean, this is too important an issue to, you know, be, be shooting from the hip about or, or um, you know, showing up. Um, you know, unprepared. Um, you know, there are some very strong opinions on this. There are some, there are very mm. prepared people in opposition, and um, you 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 just need to make sure that if you're gonna if you're gonna say something, um, you 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 say something in a way that 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 is that's succinct and honest, and um, you know, comes from someone that, that that looks credible and knows what they're talking about. And um, I mean, I've done my homework. I mean, I've 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 researched the laws in in Belgium and the Netherlands. I've researched things in Oregon. I've researched um, Canadian law. 
uh, I followed the affidavits in Lucretia's case very closely, um, reviewed the evidence, um, and I mean, I'm, I'm not a lawyer by any means, but um, that that stuff is all approachable and readable, and um, you know, you you th through through just being exposed to all of that after you know months and months, you 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 build up a little bit of expertise, mm. and you are able to talk credibly about it, mm. um, and. Look, I mean, you know, reviewing that stuff and, and, and getting your head into that stuff and, and looking at what's happening overseas, it's, it's a, it's a no-brainer. I mean, the, the, the way that the laws have been implemented overseas uh, are just helping people. And yes, there are some hard cases, and yes, there are some difficult cases. And, um, you know, quite often what I find the, op the people that are against this do, they'll, they'll find a case find the circumstances around it and find the optics on that case and they'll talk about the optics they'll talk about how it looks but when you look further into it and actually see how that case is not just how it looks but how it is often there is much much more to it um and and i think you'd need to do that because if you don't then you're actually disrespecting that individual that made that choice or the family that supported them mm. in that choice um, and y you need to be honest about these things we can't have a debate if people are you know um, using some heuristics to just sort of create a, a, a picture of something that, that is a that, that suits their suits their message but isn't actually the truth uh, yeah. what's, what's been most baffling or difficult about the opposition or an, or an opinion within the opposition to this argument do you think what, what's been hardest for you to get your head around about this is why this is not an open and shut case this is why this is not the logical no brainer that say you and I think that it yeah. is oh it's 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 the it's probably the misuse of evidence uh, it's it's the cherry picking cherry picking of data it's like, for example, you know, one of my favorite examples is, is I read Family First submission and, you know, they cite a lot of evidence and stuff. And one of the things they do in there is they talk about um, assisted dying figures in Oregon. Yeah. And assisted dying has been around in Oregon since 1995 until now. The law's never changed. So there's no slippery slope. There's no um, increasing category of people that are included. It's always been terminally ill people uh, with less than six months to live. And um, in the first year, I think there was about 15, 16 people, I don't know the exact number, that actually were assisted to die. Uh, last year, it was less than 150. So... You know, and this is a population of about four million, mm, so about mm. the same size as New Zealand, so mm. really tiny numbers. Um, but um, in Family First submission, what they did was they painted that as a six hundred and seventy-six increase in the number of deaths um, by assisted dying uh, in that jurisdiction. So, so they they have this they have this sort of tendency to. Um, try and distort the facts yes. in order to support their point of view. So I was going to say, is it a fair thing that struck, like it so often is, is it a fear that's driving the opposition to something, or, or is it also painted as a for and against thing? Like if you are for assisted dying, you must be against palliative care, which I know you've said, well, you know, we actually 
had a great experience with that. We did, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no, absolutely. I mean, palliative care is is wonderful, um, and and Lucretia and I had a great experience with palliative care for her. Yeah. Um, and I, about I, as good as you could have. About as good as we could get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't fault it, and and but that's 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 not the point. Yeah. Um, it's not an either or thing. Um, in a lot of ways what Lucretia needed uh, was was before she got to the point that she was in palliative care. It was an assertion of her autonomy and control over her own life. Um, and in a way, having having access to assisted dying and being able to make that decision as a way of saying, yes, you, the patient, have some say over what happens to you. Mm. Um, I think that, you know, as she, as she got towards the end of her life, if she'd had a prescription or something that had been prescribed by a doctor um, that, that was capable of ending her life, I don't think she would have taken it because she had a tremendous capacity for... for, 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 for um, she, was, she was tough. She had a tremendous yeah, yeah. capacity for pain. Um, not that I ever tested that, but, you know, <laughs> you know um, her mother told me stories of, you know, um, illnesses that she'd had in childhood where she'd never complained. She, right. she, she, she would, just she, toughed it out. She toughed it out. And I think she would have toughed this out too, but it was actually about the the psychological stuff that yeah. was leading up to that, not knowing how bad it would get, yeah. not knowing how things would turn out. And, and, and that's the case in Oregon as well, right? Because um, I said before that 100 and, uh, less than 150 mm. people had taken that medication. There were, I think, just under 300 prescriptions that were prescribed in Oregon in 2015. So only around half the people actually ended up taking the medications. The others were just comforted by the fact that they had it there. It was there. And that in itself, holding it and knowing it, that it was there, that that is palliative in itself. That's right. And um, uh, that, that in a way, is what Lucretia wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, So you did all this reading around, like, to begin with, medical stuff and then legal stuff sort of shortly after that. Yeah. You become this as sort of grassroots expert, and then a little bit more than that. Um, what I also wondered reading the book was, did you read other books that told similar stories? The sort of books like yours, if they're you know the memoir esque sort of life cycle, you know posthumous story. Um, did you read other versions of that for inspiration or to to steer clear of that as an I you know to to not go down that track or or no did you just sit down and knuckle it out because you'd already been writing a blog and you'd already uh, I, I read a couple of books I read Nelsgard <laughs> mm. um, and yeah that wasn't yeah that wasn't really a <laughs> much of an inspiration um although i yeah i need to get back into that because it was interesting mm. um the the only other book i read was uh, actually uh, another book that was published by text which is which is incredible uh it was a book called um dying a memoir by cory taylor and cory taylor is a um a very well respected um australian uh writer uh who's written some wonderful books but this book uh on um dying was was written uh in the latter stages of her illness um and i think it was only written in 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 the space of weeks um just on her reflections uh approaching the end of her life and 
the book opens and starts where she actually talks about the fact that she's imported this bottle of Nimbutal, I think from either China or Mexico, mm. and she has it there as a, as a sort of a thing that she can grab hold of uh, to control, to have some control over how her illness plays out. Um, it's, it, it really is a wonderful book, and, um, and as I read it, um, it was almost as though Corey's voice uh, was in a way speaking for Lucretia because the, yeah. because Corey was going through all of this stuff um, in her own right. Um, I, I'm not. I think she was able to Skype in for the launch of the book. Um, in uh, must have been in Melbourne or, or was it in Melbourne? Brisbane. Brisbane. <coughs> uh, so so she she skyped in for the for the launch in Brisbane and. Um, yeah, uh, she died soon after, but um, yeah, that 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 was uh, tremendously tremendously informative and, um, and 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 a wonderful book to read as I was sort of finishing up Lucretia's yeah. Choice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so what happens now for you with the book? You've got you're you're in publicity trail, so I think like people some writers hope that publicity never ends and it never gets that far others you know <laughs> others are more lucky some aren't so lucky for you every time you step up does it get easier does it get harder is it the same um and is your goal the same like what are you learning about yourself and about this story already and what are you hoping to put across and get from because book sales obviously for this book mean a lot because they further the story it's it isn't about furthering your career it, they're nice it's nice for you to know that it's being received you have a job yeah. you're returning to a job yeah, you're that's a right. hard working person you might write again we might talk a little bit more about that in a minute but what do you hope happens with the book from here and, and, and what are you learning about all that well, I guess um, now that the book's out, um, it, it, its purpose, I, I think, is, yeah, as you say, not to further my career or, or to establish me as any particular kind of writer or, or, or whatever, but it really is about um, winning hearts and minds and um, and getting people to understand who Lucretia was, mm. getting people to understand her values, why she wanted what she wanted, and hopefully to convince people that um, assisted dying laws are, are just and and correct and and that they should be there um, in a society like New Zealand's or in fact in, in Australia's where, where this book is being published as well. So it it is kind of easy because um, when, when I when I talk about the book it's not just about the book it's about advocacy for yeah. this issue. Yeah. And it's an issue that my wife, you know, believed in and it's an issue that I now believe in. So every time I get the opportunity to speak to someone, um, it's about furthering that cause and hopefully achieving change, uh, legislative change ultimately. Um, you know, that, that would be, that, that is the end goal. And, um, if this book helps get us there, then that's great. Does it get easier to talk about Lucretia? Has it has it never been difficult? Is it always hard? Uh, 
Because it's, it's somehow all of those things, I suppose. It, yeah, it's all of those things. Yeah. Mm. Um, look, I, I mean, the, the thing is that I, I adored her and she is easy to talk about in that respect because, you know, I want people to know just mm. what a wonderful person she is and and um, we'll probably get to the point where people will be like, yeah, we get it. She was, <laughs> she was great. But um, uh, I can never say it enough. Mm. Um, uh, and and I feel good about you know, when, when, when I do get to say it um, but yeah it is hard to go over uh, everything that happened and to talk about the fact that she was ill to talk about the fact that she passed and, and, and its impact on, that, that it had on me And um, but you know it's, it all serves a purpose it all, it all you know she, she put that part of her life out there um, so it is, it is kind of in the public domain and, and, um, you know, it deserves to be, continued to be told and, and in a way, um, you know, my greatest fear for her is that she'll be forgotten, um, because, you know, she was so special and, and having the opportunity to talk about her and to tell her story is, is a way of keeping her memory alive, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she fully aware and behind an understanding of your decision to live outside of New Zealand. She'd always predicted that I, I, that I would leave. I know it comes up in the book, you know, and yeah, and I wonder, do you think she'd be pleased with it? And when did you arrive at that? When did you go, I've got to get out of here, at least for, some, for a set amount of time? Um... We did talk about it, and yeah, no, she she always sort of thought that that um, after she passed that I would go and move overseas, and and she was right, um, and and she was supportive of that. I mean, she was always supportive of. She talked to me about the fact that she wanted me to remarry. She wanted me to have kids. Um, she wanted me to to have a life um, after her, not to not turn into someone that was a grieving person that. You know, just um, totally became a her. yeah, and became a hermit and yeah. so on. And, and and to be honest, that would just be out of character with who she was as well, because she she uh, you know she embraced life, she loved life, and um, you know life is for living. And if if she if 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 I just sort of like uh, said, well, that's it, you know, my life is over. I've lost my wife. Um, you know, I'm uh, I'm done. <laughs> um, you know that that would be a kind of an affront to her memory. Um, you know, she, that's not what she would want for me. Mm. So um, the decision to come to to go to New York uh, came about um, when I was sitting sitting on a beach in Mexico. Actually, um, I was thinking to myself, you know, what's next? I was due to go back to work and start back, I think in October, and I sort of thought to myself, well. You know, if I'm going back to work, what what is it that I want to do? And basically, I I came up with a job that I wanted to do. And I went back and I pitched it, and um, work loved the idea, and um, were, was happy enough for me to do that job out of New York. And so that set the ball in motion. And that was, I think, about October, November last year. And we we worked on a visa, and um, you know, early this year it was granted and. I was off in April 
and so so I'm in I'm in New York now and, and working out of there and it's 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 working out great. What's it been like coming back to Wellington? Uh, it's been tough, yeah, because trip, yeah. yeah, I mean, um, uh, I guess um, layered on top of the city is this is is uh, is, is, is 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 time and. Um, you step back in time, and uh, there were there were all these memories and moments that we shared in the city together, and you know just wandering around the streets. You know I can remember um, moments where we might have walked into a restaurant together, or moments that we might have looked in a bookshop together, or or, or, or done various other things, or you know had a drink after work or whatever. And um, so so layered on top of on top of the city is just a is a whole bunch of memory. Mm. And and you're kind of wandering through that while you're here, um, so uh, no, it hasn't been easy. Um, but some of those memories are happy. Um, but the fact that they are happy makes them sad because you can you can never have them again, or never create new ones. Um, it's it's strange. So it yeah. needs to be that broader sense of purpose behind the story that yeah that pulls you through. I guess. Yeah, that's right. Because I think like. I thought watching you speak today at Unity, I thought, well, behind pretty much every writer there's a good man or woman that's helped them. And again, you have this, and your wife is there with you every step of the story. Your story is about her. And and on some level, it is her. Mm -hmm. Um, But she's not there for you as a published author taking that story to the world yeah well that's my that's my biggest regret or or disappointment in a way that that she wasn't around to see this because she would have loved it she would have been really proud I I don't know if this is the book that she would have been all that happy with me writing yeah um but um to have a to have a book out there you know that was always her dream for me um uh, and and it's 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 really gutting that um, she wasn't around to see it. But I don't know. Maybe she's up there somewhere or whatever. And she she knows. And yeah, who knows? Well, let's talk a little bit more about um, about you, what you do next, but also who you were before you met Lucretia. Okay. You say uh, you sort of say that she saved you, in a sense. Yeah, I was. I was. I, I put I, you on the right track. Yeah, she did. You know. Yeah, I mean, I was. Um, and 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 I identified with that reading, and I thought, well, I, you know, my my wife did the same thing to me, really. <laughs> you know, and and a sim- at a similar age and stage. Yeah. So I identified with that. Well, I guess. Um, yeah, no, I was a, a bit of a bit of a loose cannon um, uh, before I met Krish, and because uh, nobody would believe that, <laughs> you know, that get, the thing is that's why I wanted to get that out of you because no one will believe that because people read your book, hear you speak, see you carry yourself, and no one is going to believe that. Yeah, well, no, well, it's the truth. Um, <laughs> yeah, I. I uh, I had a colourful, uh, colourful past, I suppose. Um, you know, very much into the, the the drinking scene at university and and so on. And um, yeah, but 
so we grew up not far from each other. Yeah. I, we didn't know each other, but yeah. we lived, we could have walked past, we lived in that glorious New Zealand way. We lived not quite in the same town, but essentially in the same region. Yeah. You're a, you're a Hawke's Bay boy. That's right. So what, and then you go to Auckland for university. Mm-hmm. And that's when you become, uh, what, a guy who likes a drink and is pretty sure that they know all the all the best bands and all the right authors and yep that was me yeah and and yeah it was a lot of fun um yeah I had a great time at Auckland Uni um so you were studying what I was studying I did an English literature yeah. degree and then I did a software development degree uh and then and then I think uh 2001 I um I decided yeah, I was a little bit too having a little bit too much fun in Auckland, and I needed to, you know, do a bit of a reset. So I moved down to Wellington, um, and you know, started a life here. And it was only after you know a couple of years that I met Krish. And um, now, was Wellington a beacon because of the writing? Like the you, you end up doing you do the master's course. Yeah, well, I, was I, that in your mind? It kind of was to get actually. close to that. Like, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Okay. Um, because I think I applied in 2002 and didn't get in um, and it was only in 2003 that I did get in and um, that yeah it was a it was a funny year that that 2003 year but um, it, it was it was good I um, I learned a lot about what I was you know what I wanted to write about um, and it was the year that I met Lucretia actually while I was doing that course and I think she mm. was actually kind of attracted to the fact that that I was doing she this. A, that she had a bum boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, that she had a, that she had a, a boyfriend doing this this master's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because um, it, exactly, it's the best of both worlds, isn't it? It's yeah. got this glorious master's ring to it, but you're also just a, a a bum who's pretty sure that you know your way around a story better than anyone else. Yeah. And you much. only have to go to class a couple of times a week. Yeah. And you can fit in a lot of drinking because that's inspiration. Yes. Um, it's research. So, that's research. That's right. So, so there is this kind of, uh, you know, I mean, bum in the Hunter S. Thompson Bukowski mm-hmm. parlance of the term, like it's it's that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. it's uh, the romantic, yeah, ideal of the writer bum. Yeah, that's funny actually um, that you mentioned that because I think my when I did the masters, I think my motivations were all wrong. I mean, I think I was in love with the idea of being a writer and not so much the writing. Right. And, um, and I mean, that was a very youthful and naive and, and silly sort of motivation to have. Um, but, I mean, that's, that, that is definitely not the case now, right? I mean, you know, this book was written not because I want to be a writer, but because no. I wanted to write this book. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's a much purer motivation than than, than any sort of aspirations around around that other front. So, But yeah. one of the things about that writing course, now, I have not done that course, but I know plenty of people that have. I live with someone who's done that course, and I know... I know Bill doesn't take the course anymore, but I've talked I've talked to Bill Manhire about that course, and 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 quite a few friends have gone through that, and other people I've interviewed. Um, so I know something about how that course works. Um, people talk about how it's really about spending time with 
in theory, other like-minded people. Mm. Now, you all end up actually being very different from one another, but mm-hmm. you're like-minded in the sense that you all have some relationship to writing, whether it's being attracted to the idea of being a writer or having some burning story inside you and not being quite sure how to access it. Um, did any great skills or lessons from the course come out when you sat down to write this book, which is not really, as you say, not really the sort of book you ever intended to write, and also probably a first for that course. First for that course? What do what, you mean? The, the type of book right. that ended up from, from one of the um, graduates of that course. Hmm. Or, if not a first, um, you know, it's not the, the, the norm, if you like. Mm-hmm. Did anything particular from memories of that course or any lessons or any ideas from that come back to you? Yeah, I think it, I think that course was helpful. Um, I mean, the, the course was incredibly helpful. I mean, I'm so glad that I did it. And Bill is, a, is, a, is an amazing uh, teacher. And, and he's amazing because he, he is so... He is so low touch, you know. He just, he just sort of influences rather than than directs, and um, even just his presence and his way of dealing with students, you just get this um, wonderful sense of, uh, and I think, and I think this is the key. It's it's about taste, mm-hmm. and it's about good taste. You know what what is good writing and what is what is worthy of of putting down on paper um and and sharing and so on and i mean you know uh you know when i was doing that masters you know i had pretensions that everything that that i wrote was worth reading and um you know that was definitely not true and uh i think um the thing that i really took out of it was uh that there is you really need to have um, something, a story worth telling or uh, uh, writing worth sharing. And it's not about what you like, it's about um, what others will respond to. And yeah, I think I think it did help uh, with this book. Um, but it took a long time to sort of set in. I mean, I think that it's quite possible that, that um, of his students, uh, I'm possibly the one that took the longest between finishing the course and actually publishing a book. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. because it has, it, it's always had this high strike rate of mm-hmm. people, you know, a dozen people in the class, and a year later, ten of them are published. Yeah, And yeah. If not, twelve of them, and, and then the other two are just a few months into the following year kind of thing, right? Like it's always yeah. been like that. Yeah. Every now and then someone must drop off and go, you know what, actually, that's cured me. I don't, I don't want to be a writer. And that almost happened to you. Well, it did happen to yeah. me. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. I, I, got, I got through that course and I decided, yeah, no, that's actually, no, I, I, I'm quite happy having a normal career, thanks. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, it's, it's not for me. And and um, I, I, in a lot, a lot of ways... You so know, you never chipped away at... I mean, obviously, you've got this busy job, and then Lucretia's health declines, get, she gets diagnosed. Clearly, no one's expecting you to do anything then until it becomes part of coping with that and understanding that and sending the message out, which is the blog. But in the years before that, were you 
a, a closeted poet that didn't share it with anyone or a person who jotted down thoughts in a journal or had you just given up and turned into a, a worker? Well, and I don't say that disdainfully, I'm just sort of yeah. wondering. No, I mean, I, I wrote a, a, a few little bits and pieces, but I mean, it was there was there was never anything that... that Nothing burning. I, I worked on that, that was for the purpose or, or, or ambition of publication. Um, and, yeah, I mean, no, I was really focused on my work. I was focused on uh, my job and, and, and the work that I did at Zero. And, and I mean, as I mentioned in the book, you know, once Lucretia got sick, it became about being a provider. I mean, you know, mm. we, we, up until the point that she got sick, the two of us were... You know what do they call it? Dinks, dual income yeah, kids, yeah. 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 Um, and um, yeah, uh, when, when it became clear that you know I might have to support someone, um, which was you know I, I, you know hugely responsible individual. So, um, but but I became responsible, and uh, I, I, it was really about just. Um, you know, surviving and, and having an income to, to support mm. my wife. Well, you have this full-time job on top of that, wading through legalese and medical journals and articles, and then a full-time job on top of that one, becoming a carer and yeah. support person. So no one's expecting, <laughs> no one's expecting that of you anyway because of those things. I'm just curious, and I wondered um, if... I mean, you talk about culture and travel a lot in the book in terms of those things being uh, common interests for you guys and, and, and crucial to you. And you talked about with the writing course about developing taste and the idea of taste being important. Do you felt, did, was that something that was important to you um, in writing if you weren't doing it yourself? Did you look, did you, did you feel connected to literature do you feel connected to literature as someone who spots things to read? Oh, curate, yeah. No, you know, no, curates. No, no, yeah. No, I became... Uh, in fact, that was another thing that came out of the course. Because you became, sort of send up a snob, an early snobbiness in the book. You yeah. Know, you know, pretentiousness and stuff, which everyone yeah. has, has, and people hopefully eventually shake. But <laughs> You know, I, th- I think uh, the other thing that came out of the course is I became a better reader. Yeah, uh, and uh, well, that's the thing that comes up a lot as people yeah. say it actually teaches them how to read, yeah. like how to how to read properly, like what to look for, yeah. which is linked to this idea of taste and influence yeah. and, and, and 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 I guess what is good, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, so no, I I definitely stayed connected to literature in that respect, and 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 continue to read a lot, um, uh, and I and I had that thing which is which is quite common I guess with with um, uh, men and um, men that are that, that are getting older is, is that drift towards non-fiction mm. uh, and that interest in non-fiction and, and history and you know uh, <laughs> yeah popular psychology and all that sort of stuff yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so I read a lot of that too mm. Um and so everyone's going to ask you, and people have already asked you about the next book, and you're probably going to have a publisher ask you that in a, in a few weeks when they see the sales. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, 
Uh, I mean, I've I've quite enjoyed the process. I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed. Uh, well, no, I didn't enjoy writing the book. I have to say, um, the editing though was was um, good, and uh, I did enjoy that process. And of course, you know the 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 thing about having a book out there, and the thing about doing being able to do publicity for it and stuff. I mean, that's you know that's 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 really nice. It's nice to you know meet people that are going to read your book. It's nice to you know have people. Um, you know, uh, sort of gather around and, uh, and appreciate it. And I mean, the launch at Parliament on Monday was was incredible. I mean, we had some, we had MPs there, we had a former Prime Minister, we had a, a current Minister, we had um, people from the literary community, we had uh, you know friends and family, um, lawyers, judges, uh, and that was just you know that was incredible. And. Uh, it would it would be exciting to be able to do that again, um, but and and if it takes another book to make that happen, you know, maybe it's worth doing. I, I mean, I don't know what what I would write next, um, but if I was going to write something, but I feel like um, there is a story about there's a story about grief, and I mean, Lucretia passed away, and and the story sort of ends shortly after the after the point that she does. Um, but it did change me, and I, I do wonder whether there's something in that. No, I don't know. I'll explore that, and, and if there's something that's worth sharing, then maybe I'll share it, or maybe I won't. But um, yeah, it's it's been it's been a good enough process that I, that I'm intrigued by the idea of it at least. Yeah, and your families, who you mentioned in the book, did you go to them directly to? Um, I guess let them know that they were going to be portrayed um, to get their feelings to you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, or was uh, that not needed? Well, my my family, uh, my my direct family isn't, doesn't really feature much. In no, that, so I wasn't too no. worried about that. But Lucretia's family, yes, and um, I actually did share uh, all the early drafts with Lucretia's mum, Shirley. Um, and got her feedback and made sure that she was comfortable with with everything that I was saying um, and I think uh yeah in the end I think that the book that was ultimately produced I think she was she was comfortable with um, but but Shirley is Shirley is an incredible woman I mean uh, just like Lucretia I think Lucretia got a lot of her inner strength and a lot of her values and a lot of her kindness and, and warmth from, from her mum. I mean, you know, people complain about their mother, mothers-in-law, but um, no, not me. I mean, Shirley, Shirley is phenomenal and uh, incredibly strong woman. And uh, so, so... I keep going back to the photograph in the book of oh. her holding Lucretia when she's young and thinking that in some sense it sums up a lot, you know, because she, she, she I guess, features more prominently than anyone else in the book. Yeah. Um, I kept thinking that that photograph, in a way, sums up so much of what you've just said. Mm. Yeah. yeah. No, she's 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 amazing. And Larry, I don't think, Lucretia's dad, I don't think he's read the book yet. I don't think he's he's um, ready for it. Yeah. Um, uh, Lucretia's sister, Kat, has read the book, um, and I think it was quite tough for her to get through. Um but uh, I'm, I'm not sure whether Jeremy's read it yet. Um, but I think I, 
you know, I, I didn't portray them in any negative light. Um, the, the, the challenge for them is, is to, I guess, confront the, yeah. the, the, the loss of their daughter, sister, etc. But uh, they knew that it was happening, and that oh yeah, they knew it was happening. So in that sense, that's enough, and then it's for them to arrive at it. Yeah, and they've and they've been you know hugely supportive. I mean, in a way, it's just an extension of of supporting Lucretia through her campaign. Um, um, This is an extension of that campaign, and they believed in what she was fighting for, and they understand that that this book is a part of that. Yeah, and. and that's why that it needs to be out there. Um, I, I'm wondering. Um, I'm thinking in another life, we, you and I, have talked a fair bit about music. Mm-hmm. Um, I wondered if there was a particular song we could close this up with that we could play for Lucretia. Uh, good question. Um, there's a few. Uh, one album that I was listening to a lot uh, when uh, when Lucretia was ill and when she passed away and beyond was um, Suck John Stevens' Carrie and Lowell. Yep. Um, that, that, I think, is an incredible album about grief. And, um, yeah, the just, timing of that album um, must have felt kind of prophetic for you. Yeah, it was that album. Eerie. And it Almost. was, um, and Sun Kill Moon's Benji, actually. Wow, yeah. Um, because they're heavy enough albums, like, f- they have been heavy enough albums for me in my life without what you had. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and beautiful albums, both of them, um, and profound. Yeah. But I'm sure I'm not alone in saying they're heavy enough for just the listener, not with yeah. what you would have been listening to them. Yeah. No, um... Yeah, no, I, uh, th- th- those albums, um, as I listened to them, um, they drove me to tears more than once. And I know, you know, Suff John Stevens' album is about his mother and, and Asanka Moon's is about, um, uh, various people in yeah, his life yeah, that have yeah. passed away. Yeah. And um, the horrific luck that that guy seems to have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the song I'd probably choose and, you know, I know it's about his mum, but, um, there was a resonance for me as I listened to it um, as 4th of July oh yeah 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 but that would be the song um, is there anything that that I should have asked you about or that you want to bring up that we I think we should plug some of your um, events um, and I know you'd feel no shame in that because it's all for a great cause but normally I would a writer would say oh you know I don't in fact your friend Roger Shepard um, yeah. who um who I didn't really know that you knew, but then when because I, I don't know his wife, but then when reading your book, I was like, oh well, that makes sense. That's cool. Yeah. Another one of these small connections. When yeah. he when he was sitting exactly where you were, and I said, right now's the time for you to wrap up and plug your book. He said, well, I'll uh, I'll never do that. <laughs> no, but, okay. No, but I'm... you can uh, you can plug away. Okay, so um, the the book is now out, and it's been uh, it's available in all all bookstores, all good bookstores in New Zealand and Australia. Um, I am speaking uh, at uh, the Women's Bookstore in Ponsonby on the 1st of September uh, at 6pm uh, in Auckland, um, so that, sh- that, should be, that should be great. Uh, I'm also uh, appearing in Australia uh, in Melbourne on the 6th of September 
uh, for a lecture that I'm delivering with Andrew Denton, uh, who's a campaigner for, for um, Dying with Dignity um, over there. He produced a wonderful podcast called Better Off Dead, which was like the top podcast in Australia for a period of time. And New Zealanders need to listen to it as well because it actually talks about... He went to those countries and he actually talked to, talked to doctors, talked to medical practitioners, etc., about assisted dying laws, and it was it's it's absolutely revealing. And if you're just listening to the Care Alliance and their point of view, you need to listen to Better Off Dead because it will actually open your eyes to to how those laws are actually implemented and and, and the good that they do. Um, also, I'm appearing at the Brisbane Writers Festival. I've got two sessions. I think on the Saturday and Sunday. Uh, which would be the 10th and 11th, both at 2.30pm in the afternoon. Uh, and those sessions, one's, one's a conversation uh, between me and Dr. Edwina Shaw, I believe, um, talking about the book, and then I'm on another panel on the Sunday, which is uh, talking about um, uh, assisted dying from the perspective of a palliative care nurse, myself, and another panellist. I think that's everything. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, should we have a shout out to, so far, my quietest podcast guest ever, the <laughs> reluctant. <laughs> and and we're very lucky here to have with us um, Leah Antigny from uh, Text Publishing, who's been sitting quiet. Who's, who's been the fly on the wall. It's and, a publicist's job to be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, I want to wrap up by just saying, um, again, it's, uh, you know, I... I, I met you some time ago. We've we've known each other for a little bit, and I um, I it's uh, you know a perhaps trite thing to, to 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 arrive at straight away, but I just kept going. I feel honoured to know this guy, the way he's carrying himself off, and then oh, reading the book, I went, man, you're you've you know you're showing up husbands all around the world. We all need to be <laughs> we all need to be better people and better partners because you know you, you've you've been a shining example and um and yeah i just feel very privileged to to know you and, and for you to come around and chat as well and i i uh i think uh everyone that knows you within the context of your story this story and lucretia's story um wants the world for you and you would say that in some sense you've already had that which just makes people want it even more for you so I don't know how to wrap it up beyond that but thanks so much Matt oh thanks Simon it's been a privilege to to, to come and chat and to um, have the time to sort of um, expand on a few things and and, and and spend some time with you and talk about the book in, in such detail um, you know you, you talked just there about being a better person and so on it's it's interesting I mean I, th- I feel like that's what a marriage should do I feel like um, the sum should be greater than the parts mm-hmm. and I think that when I married Lucretia that's that's exactly what happened um, you know we, we both um, augmented each other in a way probably her more augmenting me than me augmenting her but um, <laughs> well look uh, that's why I kept I say when I was reading it I thought every home should have one of these <laughs> And I, I'd never say that as just a sales pitch, but uh, it, it works on that level as a handbook. It's mm. a textbook for for how to be a, a good person and a good partner. Yeah, well, I mean, if you elevate your partner um, and, and, and they do the same for you, I mean, you can you can change the world, right? Or hopefully change the world. And um, it's, it's funny. Um, I don't know if I should say this, but... Uh, 
um, I actually am really impressed by Frank Underwood and Claire Underwood of House of Cards. I actually think as a different sort of model. As a different, well, no, well, actually, no, because I get obviously at season season three it was a complete disaster, um, and 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 things fell apart. But in those first two seasons, um, the way that they supported each other and the way that they worked together to make them to to, to sort of um, just just push each other out there and, and and be successful. I mean, that was phenomenal. Um, and I mean, no, in no way are they a model marriage. I mean, no, I think I know a, where you're going with He's that, a though. murderer, and she is she's psychotic as well. But um, the, the the way that they, it, it's just that particular element that I want to pick mm-hmm. on, which is that 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 way that they supported each other. Um, I think it's pretty cool. Well, let's go and have a whiskey, and uh, and uh, and and thanks so much. And uh, what a note to end on, eh? <laughs> Yeah, but, a, a giant spoiler alert for uh, anyone who ha- has been thinking around putting uh, House of Cards in their Netflix case.
Bye.